This podcast features three supposed adults who definitely use adult language. They're also supposedly writers who are definitely not procrastinating by making this podcast. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to No Bad Ideas, the storytelling game show where we take the worst ideas from the internet and try to turn them into stories that are actually good. My name is Gabriel Urbina and I am your first Bad Ideas host. My name is Sarah Shank and I'm your second Bad Ideas host. And I'm Zach Valenti, your third Bad Ideas host. And welcome, welcome one and all. Uh, this is the first time in a little while that it's just the three of us, like the three core team here at No Bad Ideas. I know. Yeah, repping. Let's great ruin time. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's been great to have guests, and now let's just, like, bring the party down and just, like, do a regular boring old episode of No Bad Ideas. Just in case this is your first regular boring old episode of No Bad Ideas, the premise of this show is the three of us find horrible ideas that people had, we bring them in, we surprise the other hosts with them, and then we give ourselves just 10 short minutes to be like, what is the pitch for a good movie or a good book or a good something based on this bad idea? And we try to do that in just 10 short minutes. And today I have the first bad idea. Are you guys ready to dive on in? Yes. All right. It comes to us from that bastion of good ideas and well-reasoned thought. Reddit's Am I the Asshole page. Our old friend. Spoilers. This person is an asshole. And I'm not going to read the like headline thing okay. until the end, because I think that there's a fun discovery element of where this is going involved here. Um... But let's get cracking, dear listeners. If you would like to read along, there will be a link to this post in the episode description. So, the uh, Reddit post reads, I have been dating my girlfriend for eight months. Things have been going so well that when she started a project based in my part of the city, she decided to stay at my place temporarily rather than do the daily commute. I noticed that when she showers, she has the water so hot that steam billows from the bathroom when she opens the door. It leaves everything in the bathroom wet. In other words, she takes a shower. You anticipate the themes of my essay, Sarah. <laughs> I have been telling her to use the dehumidifier in the bathroom as what? she showers. She told me that she showers with the window open and turns it on afterwards because the air was too humid for the dehumidifier. I put my foot down and told her it was not optional, and she ended up breaking the humidifier with the steam. She told you. <laughs> I told her that enough was enough, and that if there's no dehumidifier, then she would have to shower at a normal temperature like everyone else does. When she comes out of the bathroom, her skin is red. What she did instead was she started locking herself in the bathroom while the steam dissipated so I wouldn't catch her turning my bathroom into a fucking sauna. Well, last week, I had had enough. Mm -hmm. I took the lock off the bathroom door. Oh my God. Oh no. The toilet is in a separate room, so there's still complete privacy when using the toilet, by the way. Now, she can't steam out my entire bathroom without me knowing. 
I knock before entering and make sure it's not too steamy in the bathroom and that the temperature of the water is normal. Wow. She hasn't said anything about it, but since I did that, her mood has been low with me. Yeah, no shit. She started spending weekends at her place and she's slowly been taking her stuff with her. I told her that I didn't do it to be nasty, but the hot showers were damaging my bathroom and probably her health too. She just says, okay, and it's fine. TLDR, I took the lock off the bathroom door to make sure my girlfriend isn't having dangerously hot showers in my apartment. So there we go. That's that's the suite of badness that I've brought for you. The Mm -hmm. headline, by the way, is Am I the asshole for not allowing my girlfriend to have dangerously hot showers? But I think that this girlfriend was probably very fine with the showers that she was taking. Her body, her choice, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's so much going on here, aside from the fact that this is a lost episode of Seinfeld. I am convinced. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm starting a timer. Yeah. Like, there's a part of me that's just like, what is the problem with the shit getting wet in your bathroom? That's what what shit do you have in the bathroom? Yeah. Yeah. That that you're so nervous. Like this this guy clearly has had his bathroom cave into another apartment before. before, (laughs) And this is triggering in some way. No, like, I think that if there was something that was like. Look, we live in this like really, really cheap apartment. It's all that we can afford. There's no like doorway between like the bathroom and my bedroom. My bedroom is where like my computer that I need like to work Uh is. And I'm like nervous about like water damage. I think that then you can kind of be like, okay, you're maybe not going about this the best way. But I understand what the base concern is with this. It's just like my dude, just chill. Jesus Christ. Also, maybe like go to a sauna before you call something that is definitely not a sauna notable for its dryness. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, this cool guy's heat. self-awareness is also hilariously calibrated. If he's like, no, but the toilet wasn't in the room, so it's fine. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Which also is then like even more of like, it sounds like all that there is in this room is a shower. What is the problem with the shower getting wet? So I I see a path diverging Um, on, on one road. We can sort of lean into the premise as stated. And it's just like surviving the weirdly like nazi-esque boyfriend about the showers like nine the hot shower for yeah. you yeah and, and like the guys coming in putting the thermometer and like measuring the water like, like tinkering yeah along the mirror yeah yeah just Misting. like the weirdly like surveillance oriented boyfriend um and then like the the other direction that we can go in is like sort of yes ending the premise and like a like a, a winking way of just like all right what if it was too hot what if you were literally dating a hell demon who like you couldn't shower with <laughs> because like to sustain their this. life energy they just need mm-hmm. to shower to be boiling beyond human flesh capacity no i think and i think that that is the like you know the how do you do the modern seinfeld take <laughs> it is sort of that like Oh, so you're dating a demon? Like, I've always wondered what it would be like to date a demon. Oh, you know, it's fine. She's nice. She has, like, cool things to say about movies. The showers are interesting, (laughs) though. (laughs) Like, my, like, porcelain tub seems to be 
changing shape because parts of it are melting. But like, aside from that, it's really great. Yeah, I love I, I think that's the more fruitful direction than like this person is a security administrator who can't stop oh, cracking no. down on things in yeah, their spare time. God. Right. Uh, I don't want to watch that. That seems bad. Yeah. 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 Black Mirror will cover that if they haven't already. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but dating a demon. Let's go. Uh, because this is only this this has there has to be like two or three other complications mm-hmm. to yeah, that. I think that, that I, I think that my question with that premise is is the demon evil or are they just like someone that happens to come from the no, lower realms they have of fire to be and brimstone? Awesome. And this guy is the asshole. So like like, he remains the asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Like this guy is the succubus. Like when the demon, when all said and done, the demon's friends are like, "Wow, he's toxic." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like his parents so, are like, "Oh my god!" Like <laughs> they're too good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Is the focus the dude or is the focus the demon who's dating a human for the first time? Hmm. I think you do a like his hers perspective sort of a thing. Okay. okay, Where like the first like maybe like 40 minutes of the movie are told from like the guy's point of view. And like, you know, it's like he's at a bar with some friends and like the friend is kind of like, oh, yo, dude, check that girl out. And they're like, wow, like, you know, like I'd heard that like, you know, there was a growing demon scene in the city, but like I had no idea that we would run into one like out in the wild. And then like, you know, everyone is like, go on, talk to her. And he's like, nah, 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 like I'm not cool enough. But then later on, they like meet in line for the bathroom and it's like a meet cute. And it's all and it seems like it's framed kind of in this like, oh, it's this like awkward kind of charming rom-com about like two people from different spaces kind of coming together and like the culture clash of like not knowing how to date someone from another culture. He was a skater boy. She said, see you later, boy. There you go. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, she did ballet. What more can I say? Um... (laughs) But then about 45 minutes into the movie, there's a switch. And now all of a sudden Mm -hmm. it's from her perspective. And now it's like the mild horror movie of kind of like, oh, we're now seeing all of the things that we weren't seeing from his perspective that are kind of like, you know, like everything from like really tiny, like she'll walk into a room and he will get up and like close the door properly behind her because it's like the door needs to be like properly closed. Otherwise this bad thing happens. And everyone is like, who gives a shit? Who cares? Who cares? All the way to like actual really like controlling things. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that. I think the trajectory is that like, sort of do we want to make this this funny or not because the trajectory could be that she sort of helps him to realize this controlling behavior and like let go of it because she has magic demon powers or like this is this the horror movie we think is 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 centered around him dating someone uh who is demonic but it is about her and her extricating herself from this relationship I want it to be that at the end, the lesson is that she realizes that she needs to learn how to date herself first and how to be yes. with herself right now, mm-hmm. um, rather than like making any kind of relationship work. Amazing. Yeah. Two minutes, by the way. Oh, boy. Um, now, I guess, can we flesh out the cast of characters? Is this sure, like sure. just the two of them? And it's like 
real close up or are we getting sort of asides where, you know, they end up sort of at the local watering hole, like the bar that they met with like their separate friends? Yeah, I think we have a couple separate friend groups. And, you know, in the style of modern romantic comedies, they they each get like two friends. Yes. Who who sort of represent two different viewpoints about dating and relationships. Mm-hmm. And we can have like a subplot where a relationship between a demon and a normal person works out with a couple of these friends. They can be like just completely comic relief. Like we can sort of twist them as we as we choose but that that gives us a little bit of real estate to play with and for the characters to like decompress and and sort of um have to understand their relationship by talking to about it with other people mm-hmm. i also think that like at least one of the guy's friends maybe not like both of them but at least one of them for sure is someone that like in the from his side of the perspective part of the film um it's like Oh yeah, my like, you know, sweet nerd friend. And like, boy, it's a shame that like girls never pay any attention to Paul because he's gonna make someone like super happy one day. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's a little bit dorky, but like he's sweet. And then when you switch from the other side of it, it's like, no, this is an incel creep. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, like mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. not a sweet guy. This is like an entitled asshole. And there's a reason why nobody wants to talk to him except for his, like, one friend. I love that. I love that. That um, is time, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> uh, unless anybody has a good title for this. No, I just think that 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 uh, maybe, like... Dating is hell. Dating, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that, that <laughs> works. Um, a giant eagle eats Paul at some point. Oh, I like that. I like that. I mean, we we can get into some more magical elements, but we'll do that offline. Yeah, we'll straighten that out. We'll straighten that out. Uh, And yeah, we're going to go straighten it out right now, actually. But we'll be back after this quick break with another bad idea. Hello there, Zach Valenti jumping into this episode with this brief reminder that we have an active Patreon page to support the production of No Bad Ideas and all the other crazy worlds we're building behind the scenes. To check that out, scope the sweet rewards we offer for monthly subscriptions as well as how to sign up yourself. Head on over to nobadideaspodcast.com support. Once more, that's nobadideaspodcast.com slash support. If you already support the show, we so appreciate that. And regardless, thank you for listening. All right, let's get back to more No Bad Ideas. Welcome back, everybody. I am delighted to bring you both to a terrible place. Join me, if you will, for this next bad idea. Fastcompany.com, link in the show notes. Sinking 1,000 New York City subway cars in the Atlantic to create a reef didn't go as planned. 
Oh, no. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, no. Say more. Say more. After 58 years of service, the Metropolitan Transit Authority has now retired every single one of its remaining, quote, Brightliners R32 subway cars. Known for their shiny, corrugated stainless steel paneling, the Brightliners bid New York City farewell earlier this month before they were taken by rail to be scrapped in Ohio. Most of the cars were retired more than 10 years ago when more than 1,000 of them were shipped to coastal areas in Delaware, New Jersey, and Georgia and were dropped on the ocean floor as part of an artificial reef program. Back then, artificial Ooh. reefs were designed to boost recreational fishing, which in 2011 generated a whopping $15 billion in state and federal taxes. So the program made sense. The subway cars were welcomed by the fishing and scuba diving industries. Plus, the MTA saved millions of dollars it would have had to spend scrapping the trains. The Brightliners were predicted to last underwater for more than 25 years. But then... But they started to disintegrate only months after they were dropped. Oof. And that Oof. could have been the Oof. end of the story. But as climate change continues to deplete reefs and marine habitats Oof. across the country, artificial reefs have been growing as useful environmental tools. They can help restore the lost habitat, enhance the marine ecosystem, and promote conservation efforts, as long as they're mm -hmm. the right size, material, and placed in the right location. I'm guessing this qualifies for none of those. Yeah, uh, by so uh, the MDA had good reason to believe it would succeed. Just a few years prior, it had dropped more than 1,000 Redbird trains in the ocean. They remain on the ocean floor to this day, <laughs> in part because they were made of carbon steel, which helped prevent corrosion. By comparison, mm. however, uh -huh. the Brightliners uh, bright were made of stainless steel. When the subway cars debuted in 1964, they were a mechanical and aesthetic innovation. Uh, the stainless steel made the cars lighter on the tracks, but this worked against them underwater. Uh, Daniel Sheehy, a environmental consultant who's been studying artificial reefs for more than 50 years, says the project failed for two reasons. First, because the train's envelope were spot welded, uh, which formed a thin layer between the two metals that led to corrosion. And second, because the corrugated pattern made it easier for underwater current waves to, quote, grab onto and pull the stainless steel skin apart. Quote, it is important that we learn from these mistakes and improve the process. So I think you get the idea uh, to sort of end no. it all. Uh, even the best materials uh, can be used in the wrong location. Uh, when a series of tanks were deployed off the coast of Maryland, they sank right through the soft sediment. By comparison, Whoops. World War II tanks at the bottom of the English Channel, uh, where the ocean floor is harder, haven't budged. In the end, mm. it all comes down to the purpose behind the artificial reef. When natural reefs are damaged, artificial reefs can help restore the lost habitat, but man-made reefs uh, can be used for conservation too. Uh, quote, if you put artificial reefs in an area and declare it a marine protected zone, you create additional habitat, Sheehy explains, noting, uh, quote, a lot more thought needs to be put into what we're doing in the ocean, and constructed reefs are a part of it. In other words, it takes more than tipping a decommissioned train overboard. Right. So, like, this is one of those classic, the bad ideas going, I know what I'm doing, I know what I'm doing, narrator voice. They, in fact, did not know what they were doing. Correct. And with that, I put 10 minutes on the timer. What do you think, Sarah? Any instincts on where to take I mean, this? Here's here's your gritty Finding Nemo reboot ah. right here. Uh, no, we, <sighs> we should not do anything like that. I, I Yeah, I, I think that there's maybe sort of a, a, a Malcolm Tucker-esque farce in this of just like, 
this this happening and it may be being being used as political ammo and then another side having to respond to it and we realize like increasing ridiculous pseudo environmental things that have been done that have failed so it's like you know like there's like a small councilman or councilwoman somewhere yeah and they're like very low on the like political ladder they're like looking to make a name for themselves but they're not gigantically clever shall we say let's say Um, that and you know there's this thing where like the community has like these two tanks that have been lying around for like mm-hmm. 40 years mm-hmm. and everyone hates them. And everyone is like, we need to get rid of these things. And they like, you know, this council person is like, I have a brilliant fucking idea. Yes. I'm going to make a name for myself by like finally making the tanks go away. And then they're like, what are we going to do with them? Just fucking tip him into the ocean. And then sure enough, that like sets off like a chain of like, horrible problems and misadventures where every solution creates a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like we finally get to have a version of the music man that has consequences. <laughs> ah, sure, sure, sure. Because I wonder like, what is, is the motivation for this person? Is it raw power? Is it that they are sort of a, a fast talking person who finally does something that catches up with them? Yeah. Um, you know, is there, you know, do they have ties to the town? Like, could they cut and run, but then choose not to and choose to just sort of like keep spinning plates um, and bad things keep happening? Yeah, um, totally, that, totally. That end probably in the destruction of the town and everyone has to move away. Right. By the end, the the, the only thing that is left over are the tanks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like they, are, they are the only thing that have not like degraded into nothingness. <laughs> Does it end like the the after credits scene is just the tanks with googly eyes on them just sitting there in silence. So in terms of a motivation, I think that perhaps the solution to that puzzle is something along the lines of like, this is someone that has been like this, like very, very low ranked politician for like 15 years. And the party kind of keeps being like, you know, Way like you know the time isn't right for you to like move up like the time is you're not the right person for this election seniority yeah like we really kind of need you to just kind of like you know pay your dues and like hold on and like that when the time is right you're gonna be amazing and so they've had this position sucks yeah and it has to suck really bad really bad really bad and they've had this position for like 15 years and then the word comes down from the party that is kind of like hey look. We have this new up and comer in the new election. We really need them to have like a council seat. Mm-hmm. So like we need you to not be running in that election. And our protagonist, our net protagonist is like, excellent. What what higher office will I be running for? And they're like, well, whichever one you want in the pub, perhaps. But because like you're not going to be a part of us anymore. Like, you know, we're offering you a firm handshake and a thank you for the years of service and that's it and so there is kind of this incentive of like i need to make a name for myself now Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. otherwise i am going to have wasted my life in like the service of this like higher calling that just like never came uh what's nick frost doing because it should be this (sighs) he would be tremendous for this yeah 
because he could play it well like he could bring like a real sense of pathos to the parts of it that need pathos absolutely and also i think it would be an exciting chance to give him an edge that he doesn't often get to play when uh, you know pr- presumably the election goes well this guy does end up with more power than he's ever had before mm-hmm. and suddenly uh We've gone from rabbit season to duck season and the revenge <laughs> yes. is on, you know, That's right. on the That's menu. Right. I think that the key is that people keep thanking him at first for like mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. it on the chin and for like, you know, like sacrificing for the party and so on and so forth. And then as he kind of like, as a star rises, he sort of like makes it a point about like thanking the community and thanking everyone. And so that way we can call the movie tanks a lot. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm so pleased with that. But we spell it a lot with one word. Uh Uh-huh. Because they're just huge hunking things that don't make sense. That's right. That's right. Yep. 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 Uh, (laughs) Four minutes on the clock. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, I love this. And I'm trying to think about what else we need to fill out. I guess, like, the escalation. Like, what what goes wrong? What happens? So he gets rid of the tanks and then probably it ruins the harbor. So he needs to like lure the fishermen into staying. Um, and maybe he turns the fishermen into like a motorcycle mob with tridents or something. I don't or know like, how crazy we want to get with this. No, like he like arranges to bring in some like fish from outside and release them in the harbor Mm -hmm. so that then Mm -hmm. it'll be like it'll be the most bountiful like fishing season ever that's Um, right but the fish end up being this like invasive species that actually like devour all the things that the fishermen actually needed to fish and he's just like what's the problem there's there's more fish and the fishermen are like no like we're specifically like cod fishermen or tuna fishermen we can't just like licensed yeah, like we can't just like grab whatever fish and then take them to our suppliers. Like that's not how it works. Yeah. What kind of inept person would think that that's how it works? Cut to our person, you know, banging their head against the desk. <laughs> and so now he has to like bribe other people to like buy the fish from them to mm-hmm. give to the fishermen. But then where does the money come from? Well, he has to do a favor for this other person and so on and so forth and sell some waterfront property that maybe the city should hold on to oh yeah okay oh, yeah. i have a sense i have a sense for this now this is um and and so each piece is not going to be crazy in its own right it's a ser- it's you know a series of small steps and death yes. by a thousand cuts yes but it should probably end up in kind of a ridiculous mad max hellscape and we get there eventually and every step makes like common sense sort of a sense sort of yeah yeah because again like sort of like the base problem is sort of this like this sounds like a good idea if you only know a layman's amount of information about the problem it actually sounds pretty awesome it's only kind of when you get into this is the nuance that only an expert would be able to tell you about that it breaks down into like this wouldn't work out um And so they're kind of, I think, like that, it needs to follow that pattern where every time that he tries to solve the problem, there is kind of a little bit of a sense of like, check me. Does this make sense? You know, like bedraggled advisor. The bedraggled advisor is like, yes. You know, other person. Yeah. Yeah. We're all good. Good. They were not all good. There was an unexpected problem. 
Yes, I love that. And and sort of like uh like our last story, there's 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 going to be this beautiful turn where you're like, "Oh, this guy's so sweet. He's being put up with so much, you know. I I don't understand why people wouldn't let him have a bigger position." And then by the end you're like, "Oh, I That's see why. exactly why." Yeah. He just the the part the humility chip that we all have in our brain that's like, maybe I should ask someone about this. He doesn't have that. And there needs to be a very visible off-ramp moment mm-hmm. where there's a point where it could be like, I could leave and hand the keys over to a different person. And I'm pretty fucking sure that that other person would solve the problem. Could fix it. Yeah. But it would be a, another person solving it. It wouldn't be me. And that's when it all goes haywire. Maybe it is Jerry from down the pub. And just like the idea <laughs> of giving it to Jerry. I've decided this is taking place in England somewhere. Um, <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Um, uh, Jerry played by uh, Simon Pegg. Absolutely. Amazing. Yeah. And that's time, folks. Uh, I'm really glad that we got uh, we got that in wow. there. We needed Jerry. Well, absolutely. I, I love how far we've come or how deep we've sunk. Um, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that's what we can call it <laughs> amazing well i am so glad to have uh spun that eco tragedy into something more entertaining together and uh just so grateful to have all of you listening folks at home and we'll be back next week yes with more yes. no bad ideas This has been No Bad Ideas, produced by Gabrielle Urbina, Sarah Shackett, and Zach Valenti. Many thanks to our patrons for their partnership in making this show happen. And a special shout out to our idealist members, Jennifer Schneider, Rena Sarame, Jeffrey Felsher, and Dia. Today's episode features music by Statesher and Jazar from freemusicarchive.org. You can support the show at nobadideaspodcast.com slash support. And if you love this show, please leave a rating or review wherever you listen and share it with someone you love. 